Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization. Topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. ACB Families, a warm, welcoming affiliate that's as close as your telephone. ACB Families meets on the first and third Sunday of each month by Zoom, and we're always talking about topics that touch families that are large or small, families with kids or grandparents, families just like yours and mine. Be part of our ACB family. Call 502-897-1472 or email allacbfamilies at gmail.com. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. A team of cross-disciplinary researchers has been recognized for helping the blind and visually impaired learn geometry. Researchers from three universities, Scott Lambert, Chloe Hirschnell, and Jenna Gorlowitz of St. Louis University, Brett Fiedler of the FET Interactive Simulations Project at University of Colorado Boulder, and Dor Abrahamson at University of California, Berkeley, have won the Dr. Arthur I. Karshmer Award for Assistive Technology Research. Jenna and Brett join us to talk about winning the award and their research on helping the blind learn geometry. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Let's get to know you first. Jenna, tell us about yourself. Sure. My name is Jenna Gorlowitz. I'm an associate professor in mechanical engineering at St. Louis University where I'm also the Associate Dean for Research and Innovation in our School of Sciences and Engineering. My mom's a mechanical engineer, too. Lots of math, I'm sure, that's involved, right? You bet. Oh, yeah. She has to do a lot of math, too. How about you, Brett? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, uh, I suppose I would say, an inclusive design uh, researcher uh, focused in STEM education uh, at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, working in the FET Interactive Simulations Project that's housed in the physics department. Fabulous. So once the Dr. Arthur I. Karshmer Award for Assistive Technology Research, and how did you both speak out to win this award? Sure, I can talk a little bit about the award. So the award um, came through the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference, and each year the journal track submissions of that conference with the highest marks get recognized with the Dr. Arthur Karshmer Award for Assistive Technology Research. So essentially, the winners are honored for their submission. It's based on the quality and the excellence of the research presented in the papers. 
and then the advancement of assistive technology that's embedded within it. That's a pretty big honor, Jenna and Brett. What inspired all of you to speak out and help the blind learn geometry? That that comes from uh, a few different few different sides. So we sort of collectively um, across uh, each of our different groups here um, have a really strong interest in uh, both uh, how we uh, perceive how we perceive the world, how uh, others perceive the world, and how we communicate. Uh, and then tied together, several of us are interested in um, education and and how folks learn. And pulling these all all together. Uh, has has brought us all together to to uh, research um, all these different ways of of communicating and, and perceiving and uh, and the quadrilateral uh, ended up being the uh, one thing that uh, was sort of pitched and we we all sort of found uh, a really strong association within each of our different fields of study and we're able to kind of uh, come together and communicate uh, pretty well together on all those little triangles. So why did you pick geometry? Why not algebra? Why not trigonometry? Why not even one plus one equals two? Sure, that's one thinking, I, oh, go ahead, oh, Brett. Oh yeah, I'll say I'll say quickly and then and let Jenna speak on it. Um, but geometry, I think, specifically holds this really fun uh, space where uh, the um, sort of the the transformations between the different things that we call shapes uh, are. Are, are pretty powerful in understanding just what those shapes are. And so uh, one of the things that um, some of us are, are pretty interested in, in is sort of the dynamics, the uh, ways that um, you know, we, can, we can move and change things and uh, the actual doing, so the transforming itself between those shapes. Uh, so um, that might be explorable in those other domains, but we all sort of really helped and grabbed onto that, that geometry aspect, that transformation aspect. Yep, so and I was oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna I was just gonna add that our our group is also particularly interested in the tangibility, the tactile piece. And so geometry is something that's often very visual and spatial. And so thinking through how to how to uh take what what is typically very visual or spatial and thinking about it in a tangible dimension and building something around that was was also an incredibly compelling part of, of choosing geometry. So your submission for the award, it was called, quote, a tangible manipulative for inclusive quadrilateral learning, end quote. Talk more about the submission for a little bit. Sure. So the, the submission really represents the collaboration uh, amongst all of our team. And the, the focus is really on on bringing haptic or touch interaction back to support inclusive and embodied learning experiences, which continue to manifest themselves more and more digitally. So the paper focuses on the development of this tangible device, the tangible manipulative for quadrilaterals, the TMQ or the quad for learning geometry. So the paper goes through the design evolution of the quad and then goes through a couple of user studies that we ran that investigate the affordances of the quad and then how people explored it, how what strategies they employed um, to understand the, the shapes and the transformations between them. Where can the public see your submission? It's, it, it's available online. So as you said, the, the title of the paper is a tangible manipulative for inclusive quadrilateral lateral learning. So 
a quick Google of that should should pull up the citation. And as soon as we have the the final draft, it'll also be posted on our website. But I know the the conference proceedings uh, and the journal proceedings also make it available. And it's going to also be published. And it's going to also be published in the Journal on Technology and Persons with Disabilities later this spring, right? Yes, right. that's correct. Okay, that sounds really good. We'll have to check that out. You and your colleagues tested and designed the efficacy of the interactive physical device that can just help the blind explore these four-sided shapes just by touching them. What'd you name the device? Yeah, so we named the device the Tangible Manipulative for Quadrilaterals, or TMQ for short, but we often refer to it as the quad. The quad, that makes sense because the root quad comes from Latin, and it means 40 or just four. I also like that name. Jenna and Brett, what was the design of the device? How did it work? And what were the results of the testing? Sure. I'll talk a little bit about the device's design because my team was the sort of the engineering engine behind this. And then Brett, if you want to add anything on the, the testing side, please, please feel free to do so. But the design is, so this is a 3D printed four-sided quadrilateral and it has sides that extend in length. And then it can pivot on its corners. So you can imagine holding a square in your hand. It has these 3D printed um, sort of prism rectangular links. And you can pull it apart. So you can pull it in and out. You can pull it up and down. And you can also rotate it side to side. So you can imagine going from a square to a rectangle or a square to a diamond or a square to a trapezoid or parallelogram. You can make all of these different transformations in between the shapes. And along the length, uh, critical to the design, we designed this with individuals with visual impairments. In fact, one of the researchers in our lab has a visual impairment himself. And there are tick marks along all of the sides so that you can determine the length of each of the sides by feeling the tick marks. And then there are locking mechanisms on all of the sides so that if you want to keep the the quad in a certain static configuration, you can lock the side lengths in and out. Oh, my. It sounds like this device is very specific and it works well, too. How's the quad compared to other tools out there for identifying shapes by the blind and visually impaired? Yeah, so I think I, I can speak a little bit saying, um, you know, there's a, a lot of um, within the user studies as well. We did some of the uh, more uh, standard ways that you might explore shapes, including uh, embossed printouts or um, some touchscreen exploration with some uh, haptics uh, associated with the sides and the corners. Um, and it was received uh, very well. Um, the users were about 1.4 times more successful in identifying the shapes on the um, quadrilateral that we had hooked up to um, a uh, up to the computer um, compared to the touchscreen and embossed. Um, they spoke really, really highly of the quad. Um, one one of the participants uh, said something instead of, I wish I had this in my geometry course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they explored it in just a, uh, a number of unique ways that, you know, were just completely impossible with the standard methods from one-handed to two-handed exploration, being able to turn it around and rotate it and move their hands in all sorts of interesting symmetric and asymmetric ways. So, You were all recognized recently at the CSUN Assistive Technology Conference at Cal State Northridge in Southern California. A lot of our listeners probably know a lot about CSUN, but for those who don't know, what's the conference all about? 
Sure. It's um, it's an inclusive setting for researchers, practitioners, exhibitors, end users, speakers, um, really anybody who's interested in the assistive technology space to come together, share knowledge and best practices um, in the field of assistive technology. And so it's typically known as a forum that showcases both cutting edge technology, but also practical solutions that can be used to support the inclusion of persons with disabilities in education, workplace, and social settings. And how did that conference go for you guys? Was there a lot of good response? Yeah, it went out, it went outstanding actually because because we were uh, we won the award. They also live streamed the presentation, so there was there was a hybrid attendance, and the reception was very strong. And in fact, we got a lot of participation and leads uh, after the presentation of, of various schools and individuals that that want to continue to participate in the work. Um. Uh, with uh, the other testing you've done with the visually impaired and blind on the new device, um, well, g- give us some of their opinions and how it's helped them learn geometry a little bit more. Sure. Well, I think we're in the pretty early stages of this. So most of the feedback that we've gotten so far has been on how they might use this or how they could imagine this being useful for them. But the feedback that we've gotten is that it's the tangible piece, right? I can actually physically, tactily transform from one shape to another and understand what's involved in that transformation. So it's the tactile piece that's really compelling. And it, yeah. it also links to the a, a FET sim on quadrilaterals. So there's this unique mapping between the, the electronic or the interactive simulation space and then the physical world. So that's something we're working on right now. And I can talk a little bit more about that if you'd like. Go ahead. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this is this falls probably under the the future development side, um, but we are working quite hard at kind uh, of sort of extending out the quads usage um, in in a lot of different directions. One of these directions is uh, connecting it to a FET interactive simulation, um, which uh, there's a whole host of of simulations uh, on our our website fet.colorado.edu. Um, all open source and free uh, for use, but we'll have one of these uh, also directly connected, uh, connectable to the quadrilateral um, the, the TMQ uh, that will sort of uh, enhance it uh, using all of the wonderful uh, uh, possibilities you get with the, the sort of virtual digital connection, um, taking advantage of web technologies like web speech and um, uh, web audio to enhance it with uh, sounds and sonifications that give you can give you feedback about the shape that's in your hands. So whether that be you know information about the angles or the uh, you know, parallelness of the uh, of the different sides or the lengths, um, as well as uh, enabling um, uh, a sort of an auditory description um, as the transformations uh, occur. So as somebody is moving the quadrilateral in their hands, um, much like the auditory description you'd receive um, from a screen reader, um, which uh, several of our simulations have, um, screen reader access. Uh, we also have the capability now of providing that without the use of a screen reader. So you'd be able to hear uh, you know, a description of the shape, um, the important aspects of the shape, sort of the pedagogical uh, relevant information as they are moving it around and transforming between the different shapes. 
And so we're, we're pretty excited to, to get that going and we'll be running with uh, more interviews on that and more user studies uh, and hopefully get that information published and all accessible to everybody. The, the key here for, for us is that everything right down to the, the um, printing design files for the um, team queue for the quad, that they're all open source um, available for anybody to download, mod, riff off. That's fabulous. Can the device not just be used by the visually impaired, but by any student, regardless of how well they see? That is absolutely our intention. Um, and and by sort of building on all of these other multimodal features, these different ways of, of sensing and perceiving um, while you interact with it, that it can only uh, increase the number of people that will benefit from it. But we're not there yet. Uh, well, hopefully... Even just as it is, we've we've gotten pretty far, and, and as we've seen, the the quadrilateral itself is uh, is a lot of fun for for everybody and and pretty powerful. Um, so we only hope to improve it. Okay, we talked about a little bit about some of the improvements, but are there going to be any additional improvements and developments coming to the device in the near future? I'll toss I that over to Jenna. Yeah, I can speak a little bit on the design side. We're certainly refining as we continue to get get feedback and, and perspectives on it to the quad, but we're also looking to expand it out beyond quadrilaterals. So what if it could be this modular that can be taken apart? Maybe you make different lines or additional geometries and shapes compared to, to just quadrilaterals. So I'd say that's also on the horizon for further development. This is really good stuff. Um, uh, how, um, how, how did you gather your other colleagues to help you work on the new device? How'd you choose them? You know what? I think it all goes back to the, the, the beginning where we all have this innate interest. Um, although we come at it. So, so Dor Abramson and his team sort of come at, come at the idea of embodied learning from the learning science side. And then that comes at it from the design of inclusive and, and multi-sensory uh, simulations. SEM SEM based simulations and my lab comes at it from haptics and and bringing touch back through devices particularly in our in our our digital world and so we all had this common theme of multi-sensory embodied educational experiences and our expertises were just very complementary to one another so it was kind of a natural and organic fit to, to join forces here. If anybody wants to become a mathematician or scientist or engineer like you guys, um, we have some listeners listening who may want to get into a career in math and science. What advice would you give them? How do they need to speak out to get to that, that sort of level where they got that kind of job? I'd say first, um, and a thing that's been pretty, pretty powerful for, for me, I suppose, and in the, the line of work that I've, I've progressed through, um, is is really to shake a lot of the stigmas that are associated with mathematics and and the sciences, um, and this idea that they're they're meant for a particular kind of person, um, because because they're not. They're it's it's meant for everybody, and a, a anybody can identify as a scientist or a mathematician um, of of any level um, from from all, from every 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 walk of life here. So uh, I think. Kind of shedding shedding some of that stigma first is is the first step to just feel like feel like you belong uh, and and can and can be part of it. 
and, and have good teamwork skills too, right? <laughs> oh, you can always build that. Well, everybody, is there anything else you all would like to add? Uh, no, the only thing I would add is that we very much believe in, in designing with um, and not designing for. And so we, we always welcome strong partnerships uh, of individuals or schools or organizations uh, interested in getting involved with, with what we're doing. Everyone, we think that you're all going to help the blind easily learn geometry and enjoy math. Thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website that's speakingoutforthepoint.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive, it's at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization, topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. California. Florida. Iowa. Texas. Guide dog users. Students. IT professionals. Government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention. And operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.